Welcome back to Not My Circle. My name is Sharzad Kiare. Today we have a super special guest. Uh, his name is Sammy. He is a straight man who loves to dress like a woman. Enjoy! Hi, Sammy. How Hello. are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to chat with you. Well, thank you. Let's start with my first very important question of what did you have for breakfast today? Uh, breakfast is usually pretty simple for me. So today it was just a egg and cheese sandwich. No, not a whole lot of mess. Real easy to prep, real easy to consume. Where do you live? I'm in Texas. Okay. I thought I heard a little bit of um, an accent there, like a very subtle one. I like to pick up on accents. Are, are you from Texas? I'm not. Uh, I actually grew up in Florida and I, I tend to be a bit of a chameleon wherever I go. So I'll pick up the local attributes. And in this case, you know, I might get a bit of a twang, a bit of an accent to go since I've been in Texas for the last few years. But no, lived in Florida for the majority of my life then moved to Idaho and then down to Texas. OK, cool. So. You are a cross-dresser. And before we started recording, I asked if that was okay for me to address you that way. And I think it's interesting because you said there's a lot of different ways that we can refer to this lifestyle. What are some of the other ways that are PC and acceptable to refer to how you live? Yeah. So the terminology is as varied as it is vast. There's really not one all-encompassing term for everybody. Um, I think most often when you come across people like me, cross-dresser is the most common, most well-known terminology. Uh, gender fluidity has become popular in the last couple of years, but that carries its own connotation as well. Uh, really, labels are so incredibly tricky now, and we do our best to boil down people and help ourselves understand somebody else by a label we assign to them. So in truth, I just tell everybody I'm me. I'm a guy that, you know, likes to get pretty sometimes. And that's the baseline understanding of, of who I am. And we're going to talk about that a lot more, but there is one question I want to ask. And um, I hope this word isn't offensive. If it is that I want to ask you if it's offensive. Mm -hmm. Is transvestite like an offensive word? So it's not for me. Okay. Um, in truth, it is still part of the medical terminology, both in the fields of um, of uh, psychiatry, psychology, and of just uh, just medicine in general. Okay. Um, but it typically has fallen out of favor in the last few years because transvestitism. Um, it, it tends to refer more towards somebody who is a fetishist when it comes to cross-dressing. Um, that is a, an acceptable and actually um, an applied term in the field of psychology is for somebody who has a, an affinity for being aroused by the act of cross-dressing. So it doesn't surprise me that a lot of people are moving away from that term just to kind of distinguish themselves from, you know, this is something more that I do by myself. It's something that I do as a form of expression. It's anything but this over here. Okay. I mean, I obviously, I'm sure you've heard this reference before, but of course I think of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Of course. And that's where I learned the word and I know every word to every song in that movie. <laughs> so I just, that's what, that's where my mind's at right now. But, um, okay. So let's, let's talk about the beginning. When did this become part of your lifestyle? Take me back. Yeah. So 
really, this is something that I had wanted to do ever since I was a teenager. So I'm about to turn 33. So it's been almost two decades worth. But growing up in the time and the place that I did, um, I grew up in, like I said, in Florida, uh, the South in the 90s, typically conservative. And I grew up in the church, not exactly the most ideal time and place to express oneself in this manner. Uh, so I kind of fooled around with it for a while. I was that kid that I would go and steal or borrow rather my sister's and my mother's clothes while they were gone, try them on while I was in the privacy of my own home in my own room. And then before they get back, I'd put it all back in their closets. And that was it. It was sporadic uh, every couple of months for the better part of my adolescence, my teenage years. And then it kind of went in ebbs and flows for a while. When I got to college, it kind of disappeared for a little bit. And then when I got in my first like real serious long-term relationship with a girl, the it started to rear its head again. And I didn't really know what to do with it. So I felt that she needed to know about it. She gave me an ultimatum surrounding it. She said, you know, you can either have me or you can have this, but you can't have both. And me being young and in love and not really knowing what this side of me was, it was an easy choice. I chose her. That relationship didn't end up working out. Um, we broke up after three years and I moved away from Florida and it pretty much disappeared again. Ironically enough, when I moved to Texas, I actually came here to go to seminary and a couple of years in the seminary, it started really coming back at me and I didn't know what to do with it. And having grown up in the church, I said, okay, I need to figure out if this is really as evil and as sinful as people have made it sound my entire life. And now that I have this degree to go with it and all these tools to know how to study the Bible and really dig into it, find out what it's actually talking about here. I found that there was only one mention of cross-dressing in the Bible. It's in the book of Deuteronomy. And in truth, it's not talking about somebody like me feeling comfortable sitting at home in a dress like this. It has a lot more cultural applications and connotations to the ancient Near East, specifically to the nation of Israel. And so with that in mind and saying, OK, this is really the only mention of it. Where does it go from here? And I actually started asking my professors about it. Um, I didn't ask them about me specifically. I didn't want to play my hand that much, but um, one of my favorite professors from seminary, I sat down with him and just explained everything under the guise of, hey, I have this friend and this is what he does and yada, yada. My professor said, yeah, I agree with him. I said, really? He said, yeah, um, I don't really see anything wrong with it. You're not you being, you know, he thinks I'm talking about somebody else. Um, he says, I don't really think that there's anything that horrendous about it. I don't see anything in scripture that really prohibits this. It's more just, are you being smart about it? Are you being safe with it? Um, what kind of message are you sending to other people? And obviously I'm not going to recommend that anybody goes to the pulpit and preaches a sermon in full drag, but you know, just be smart about what you're doing. And so I took that and along with all the other research I had done and I just said, okay, I, have these feelings. I need to know something to do with it. Let's just try it. Let's see what this is all about. Now that I'm on my own, I don't live with anybody else. I can do this purely in privacy and see if it is what I think it is. 
And that's when I started buying my own clothes and my own makeup. And with every step of the way, it was just another sense of, wow, this is actually incredible. This makes me feel a certain way about myself. And it's complicated because in truth, I'm a person who has forever for my whole life. I've dealt with self-esteem issues. I've been self-conscious about my looks, never considered myself to be an attractive person. And all of a sudden, as I'm growing in this expression, that is Sammy, I'm looking at myself in the mirror. And as I make more progress and learning how to put my face together and learning how to, you know, create a good outfit and all that, I'm looking at myself and I'm happy and I'm smiling at the person that I'm staring back at. I'm just like, what is this? This is brand new for me. I have never experienced anything like this in my life. And it's really just been a, a great experience from there. That was about two years ago, almost. And I've met some incredible people, both in the city I live in and through the Instagram community, uh, both uh, fellow cross-dressers, some transgender people, some, um, some cisgender women and the more I learn, the more I'm just in love with it. Very interesting. So take me back, like when you first started experimenting at 13, what was that? What do you think triggered this desire to dress like a woman? Because you're a straight man, you're attracted to women. What do you think Correct. was it was, and I, I don't want to assume, but did something happen in your life that made you want to seek something alternative? Was it curiosity? Like what, what do you think that that spark was that made you have this desire? I still really have a difficult time nailing that down because there was not a single event that made me say, Oh yeah, today I want to try on my sister's dress. It just, it just kind of happened. Right. I think there's some influence that comes with, you know, I say this kind of tongue in cheek, but with the, media I consumed at younger ages. So I remember movies like Mrs. Doubtfire, um, big cross-dressing theme in that. Uh, there's a scene in Little Rascals where Alfalfa and I'm blanking on the other kid's name, but they dressed up in ballerina outfits and they were pretending to be girls at this uh, audition or show or whatever. And little stuff along the way, like Bugs Bunny was a cross-dressor in certain episodes. And there, there was nothing about it no one thing that just made me go, yes, I want to do that. It was just more like, huh, I wonder what that's like. And when you're young and impressionable, I think you can't help but imagine what life is like in somebody else's shoes. So in this case, I'm wondering what must it be like to be a female? And the closest I can get to that is to look like one. So yeah, I think that's the at least at this point in time, that's the best way I know of how to describe the origins of this. Do you feel like you want to be a woman? No, no, not at all. That's been a a pretty a pretty intense spot of introspection for me in the last couple of years is figuring out what exactly Sammy is. Right. And a lot of people from the transgender community in particular, they're reaching out to me and they're saying, well, maybe this is maybe there's more to this. Maybe you actually are Sammy and you've been hiding as your male self forever. But as I can sit back and take stock and as I have conversations with those closest to me, it really is a thing of, no, I enjoy being a guy. I enjoy my expression both as a male and as a female. 
I, there's nothing that I feel like I'm fundamentally missing out on in life by virtue of not being a woman. So at this point in time, and, and anything can change in the future, but I really don't see that ever being something for me. Do you, and you, and you kind of touched on this, but I'd love to go back. Do you feel like you are turned on sexually by dressing like a woman? Like, I know you talked a little bit about fetishes, but in this yeah. case, is it for you? Like, does it arouse you sexually to dress like a woman? Not really. No, I, I think when I was a teenager, there was a certain part of it that, yes, that came along with it. And of course, as I'm exploring more of the feminine side of things, like I have lingerie and yeah, when I look at myself in that, I feel sexy. And I think there's a certain empowerment to that as well. Um, and yeah, I think if you, if you're looking back at somebody, you can say, wow, you are an attractive person. Then yeah, I think there's a certain part of me that gets turned on by that. But as far as like me just sitting here on a normal day and when we hang up for this call, I'm going to go about my day and do chores and clean my kitchen. There's, there's no arousal hanging over my head. It's just, Hey, this is, I know the normal day for me and I'm cool with it. I love how I look. I love how I feel. Let's go to it. How often would you say you dress like a woman? Is it every day or do you, how, how do you, how does that work? Do you pick and choose? Is it, and I'm going to make a joke, but is it like, I'm a woman on the weekends and I'm a man Monday through Friday, but I'm, and, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to be funny, but uh, uh, yeah, how does it, that work for you? It, it's the part-time girl mentality. That's really what I go with here. Uh, I don't work a normal job schedule. I, I don't have a, a Monday to Friday, nine to five. So I can't really plan it out. A lot of it is just spur of the moment. So there are days when I'll come home from work and I say, you know what? I don't want to put on makeup. I don't want to put on the wig. So let's just go and, you know, get some leggings and a tank top. And that's going to do for the day. And then there are weeks at a time where I go without it. Um, but I'm going on some paid time off this week and I've got three or four days planned out where I have specific activities that are planned for Sammy. So uh, I would say this week is a little bit more anomalous than most of the time, but if I had to really nail it down, I'd say once or twice a week, I go full on everything. Okay, fine. Um, well, how did your family react? What did they say? I know you said you grew up in a religious mm -hmm. household and yeah. I can only assume that there was some uh, questions. Maybe if you said you weren't really represented in your community, there wasn't a lot of people yeah. cross dressing in Florida in the nineties where you were. Um, and you know, there was minimal representation in mainstream media. Like I said, Rocky Horror Picture Show is the only thing I can think of. And then the few <laughs> other bits that you mentioned, but I never thought about Bugs Bunny or um, obviously Mrs. Doubtfire. But anyway, what yeah. was your family's reaction? Surprising, actually. So I have two older brothers and a younger sister and my parents are together still. Uh, my younger sister loved it. Uh, she's all about it. It's one of those things that she and I never really had anything specifically to us that we bonded over. Mm -hmm. Most of the shared experiences that we have as a group of siblings, they're all just, you know, we all kind of do these things. We all love these things, but this is the first thing that she and I have where it's just, yes, this is you and me. So as soon as I came out to her, she got on Amazon and she just sent me a bunch of stuff. She sent me makeup and brushes and all this stuff. And she said, as soon as you come home next time, we're going to go out and we're going to play with makeup and we're going to do all this. And it was wonderful. Um, my brothers were a little bit more stoic about it. They were both of the opinion of, Hey, we don't get it, but also we love you the same. So 
yeah, that's about as far as it goes. And for most men, that's a pretty typical reaction. It's either going to be, I don't know what to do with this. It makes me uncomfortable. So I'm just going to say, Hey, cool. I love you and not talk about it again. Or it's going to be, I disown you. Thankfully I didn't have anything in this camp over here. My parents, I was terrified to tell my parents. Um, I, I just, I saw so many ways that this was going to go wrong and I never wanted my parents to ever view me as anything less than their son. And so there was a big part of me that said, they don't need to know they're getting up there in years. My dad is in his early seventies. My mom's in her late sixties. And I said, maybe it's better if they just never know. And they always get to know their son exactly as they picture him. And as more and more has gone on in my life, um, I had a, I was forcibly outed at work and made some mistakes along the way um, and accidentally outed myself. And I just said, you know what? They need to know because if they don't hear it from me, eventually they're going to hear it from somebody else. And I would rather them hear it from my mouth rather than through the grapevine. So I sat down with them actually over this past Christmas and just verbal diarrhea. It was all out there. And at the end of it, they had the pretty typical questions that I expect. Um, you know, the two big questions I always get is, are you gay and are you trans? And the answer to both of those is no, I'm very comfortable in my sexuality and in my gender identity. And it's just that, but more than anything, they were just concerned for my safety. Like I said, I live in Texas and the particular part of Texas I live in while it's better on the acceptance scale, it's still the South. And if you go into the wrong area of town, you catch the wrong person on the wrong day, they're going to say something to you. They're going to do something to you. My mom really just wanted to know that uh, I wasn't doing anything stupid. And I told her, look, here are the rules that I set for myself when I am Sammy. Here's where I go. Here's what I do and don't do. Um, here are the people I hang out with because I know you're my mom and you're concerned and you're always going going to want to know about my safety. And my dad was pretty much the same way. He was just, Hey, I don't get this, but in my mind, this doesn't change anything about you. I hope that we can talk about this more. I hope you can help me understand it at some point, but it, even if I don't just know that I still love you. So it, it was a very welcoming, welcome surprise for me because I was going into it, expecting the worst. Oh, that makes me so happy that they had positive reactions. I love hearing stories like that because I imagine they're, they were confused, right? And your mom just yeah. wants to protect you. And I, and it makes me happy that she's concerned. And I, I want to talk about what it is like for you to go out dressed as Sammy and what are the things that you have to avoid being where you are and what are the risks? Like, what does that look like? How do you, how do you, how do you protect yourself when you're out as Sammy? Yeah. Um, it, it really becomes about just picking and choosing what I'm going to do and where with whom. Uh, so my number one rule is if alcohol is going to be involved, I'm never alone. That's just, I, I'm not going to fool around with that as much as I know that I can control myself when it comes to alcohol, I can have two drinks and be done. The world is a crappy place sometimes and people are going to try stuff. And I've known plenty of people in my life, uh, mostly women who have been drugged in bars and such. 
and I don't want to take any part of that. So that's just my biggest rule. But uh, more than anything, it's go to well-populated areas, um, go when it's well lit, um, just stay in the public eye as much as is possible. Um, really for me, when I go out as Sammy, it's an exercise of keeping my head on a swivel. And it's not necessarily because I fear for my life at all points here. Um, I think I was, I think I had this idea in my head that people are always paying attention to me. And that's just not true. For the most part, people might shoot me a look and then they might shoot me a second look if they have guessed that I'm a guy wearing a dress. Uh, but for the most part, people will have a look and then they'll go on with their day. But I have been out with friends before. Um, actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was out with a bar or out with a friend at a bar and we were just having drinks. And when I stepped away to go to the restroom, uh, I came back and she was in tears because apparently some guys that were within earshot of us had some pretty bad things to say about me and her and why they didn't feel like they could come and just say it to me. I don't know. I think that would have been an easier situation to handle, but it's just kind of the reality of people who don't fit into what you expect from a man and what you expect from a woman. So no, you don't expect a guy to know how to do makeup, to go out and drag, to go dress shopping, to go do any of this other stuff, much less than you expect, let's say a woman to go to the auto shop and buy all the stuff to fix her car. It just, it doesn't align with what we typically expect from men and from women. And people have a pretty adverse reaction to that sometimes. So uh, really just keeping a lookout and, you know, when the situation calls for it, be armed. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I imagine that you might actually literally have to be armed sometimes because <clears throat> I have heard horror stories. Yeah. I've had some close calls in public. Uh, there was actually, I was a, on a night out with a friend. We were at a club and we were dancing towards the end of the night and I, I get hit on a decent amount, but this one night, there were a couple of guys that were just very persistent with it. And towards the end of the night, while me and my friend were dancing, I noticed that a couple of them were starting to circle around us. And so I got real close to her. I said, we're leaving right this second, come with me. And thankfully there was an entryway uh, right next to the bouncer. So we just stood there and I said, I want to wait and see if these people are going to follow us. And if they do, then let's call the cops. Let's tell the bouncer, let's do whatever we got to do just to make sure we're getting out of here safely. Um, but not all places is it legal or acceptable to carry a gun like I do in my purse. So it's just, like I said, be smart about it and understand what risk you're potentially running into. And this has actually been one of the biggest learning experiences for me, because if this is something that I experience on, you know, a once a month basis, just looking like a woman. Holy cow. What, go through what every it day. must be yeah. like to be a woman every single day and yeah. know that there are people that are looking at you like that and thinking about you in a certain way. And these are things that are going on in people's minds. It just, it's crazy to me. And when women tell me stories now, there's no part of me that doubts it anymore. I'm just like, yeah, I totally believe you. Yeah. The amount of friends I have that have been drugged at a bar is just mind blowing. And the amount like of awareness you have to have as a woman to just exist 
Yeah. So yeah, you, have, sucks. you have a really unique perspective. I love being a woman, but you also have to be smart. Like you said, you know, you don't want to, unfortunately you can't go out and be wasted alone as a woman. Cause a lot of shady shit could go down. Yep. Um, and it's interesting that you have the perspective now from sort of from both sides. Um, what are some common misconceptions about you? About me? Uh, like I said, the first questions I always get asked are about my sexuality and my gender identity. Right. So a lot of people will look at me and just assume that I'm a gay man. I'm not. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I know this is not what you typically expect from a straight man, but, you know, it just is. And uh, not transgender either. I've had that conversation with myself and with others and pretty comfortably landed on the fact that I'm not. And I don't consider myself in the camp to ever transition at any point in life. Um, but I think the biggest misconception about me as a person comes from this divide between my faith and my expression as Sammy. Like I said, I went to seminary. I got my master's of theology from one of the best uh, Orthodox Christian seminaries in the States. And when I have told other people who are Christians, they kind of give me this dumbfounded look of like, how is this possible? Like, you, you know what the Bible says, right? And I said, yes, actually, I do. I studied it for four years. Um, and I've had a lot of conversations along the way, but I think the biggest misconception about me is that I'm doing something wrong in the eyes of God. Mm. Um, and that's, that's a conversation that I have pretty consistently. And my best friend here in Texas, I was in seminary with him and we worked in the same company for a while. He sat me down one night. He said, look, I would tell you if I thought you were wrong. I don't he said, I don't know what to do with it, but as far as where you are right now, I don't think you're wrong and I'm going to stand by you and all that. And we've had some great productive conversations as a result of that. He looked at me one day. He said, why does it make us and I'm going to say me, why does it make me uncomfortable when men dress as women? He says, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Like, it's just it's an article of clothing and you're wearing different hair and you painted your face. Like, why does this make anybody uncomfortable? And that's kind of the uphill battle that I face with most guys and then ramp it up to 11 when we're talking about the evangelical community specifically. You know, I wanted to touch on something too. Um, what is it like for you to have a relationship with somebody? I mean, I know you said your last relationship, she gave you mm -hmm. an ultimatum. So moving forward, as you get more and more comfortable in your skin and not your family knows and they're accepting yeah. and you're living you know, maybe weeks at a time or whatever as Sammy, how does that look? What does a relationship look like? And when do you feel like you need to tell somebody that you're with, or do you prefer to only meet people that you want to date while you're Sammy or like, what is that? What is that like for you? It's complicated. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, I haven't had a lasting relationship in quite a long time. And I think Sammy plays a big part of that. Uh, my most recent relationship, we broke up just after Valentine's Day because we got close enough. And I said, it's time to have the conversation about Sammy and put the ball in her court. Um, it's difficult because I think a lot of women love the idea of a man being in touch with his feminine side. And if I exist to them as a friend, they're totally on board. But as soon as you start imagining a future with somebody, 
you have a lot more questions to ask. Like, okay, to what extent does this happen? How many days am I going to come home and find you as a guy versus you as a girl? Are you going to want to bring this into the bedroom at some point? How are we going to explain this to kids one day? Where, where is this all going? And it's overwhelming. And I understand that. And so the women that have broken up with me, I completely understand. And I don't hold it against them because I'm putting them in very unfamiliar territory. Yeah. The trickiest part in all of this is just when to tell them, because I don't want to get, you know, a year into a relationship and then spring it onto somebody who is now invested in me and have them feel like I have betrayed them for the last year. I also don't want to bring it up on a first date and scare them away. So the best method I've found so far is whenever we reach that point where we're having the serious relationship talk, the, where do you see this going? What do you want to get out of this relationship? That's when I just lay it out on the table and say, here's what it is. Here's the best way I can possibly explain it right now. You tell me what you want to do with this. And if you're not okay with it, then, you know, we'll say goodbye. And I'm going to take this as a wonderful period of my life where I got to meet someone new and get close to someone else. But, you know, if, if you are signing up for it, then I'm going to do my best to help you along the way and do it slowly. I'm not going to throw you in the deep end, but nobody's taken me up on that offer yet. Interesting. It is complicated because Mm -hmm. I can imagine my feelings would be all over the place. If my husband said something like that to me, because even as much as I try every day, not to put somebody in a box, it's almost like our brain just does it. And And I've always been attracted personally to men that are that have the traditional stereotypical masculine life and energy. And that's Mm -hmm. who they are that, that, you know, they like the assigned gender that they got at birth. So I can imagine it's really tricky. And yeah, but maybe through conversations like this and maybe through meeting somebody while you are Sammy, that could sort of get you past that need to have a conversation with somebody down the road. I mean, what you, what you said when you go out and you get hit on, is it by women or men or does it vary or has anything ever transpired from being out as Sammy in, in terms of a relationship? No, it's mostly men that approach me and they do so in a very creepy and uncomfortable way. Uh, I have had a couple of women hit on me before and it's it's a very welcome change, honestly, because, <laughs> uh, again, as a guy, it just doesn't happen to me. I I don't know. I, I think part of that, again, is maybe it's in my head. Maybe that's my self-conscious self coming out and thinking I'm not an attractive person, so I don't actually notice it when it happens or. Uh, maybe it's something else, but what I have found is that the women who have hit on me thus far, it's more of a turn on for them because they want to experiment with somebody like me, if that makes sense. Um, there's, they may have a transgender fetish or a cross-dressing fetish of their own, and they want to work something out. Um, but you know, maybe there's not some real relationship intentions there. Hmm, interesting. So yeah, you don't want to be somebody's experiment. Correct. But it's a one night uh, adventure. Nope. Nope. Not how I roll. Yeah. Um, What do you want people to know about you? It took me the better part of 30 years to come to grips with who I am. And while I have 
for most of my life been comfortable and confident as who I am. Sammy has always been the part of me that hangs overhead as a means of shame. Um, as this is something that has to stay hidden for your entire life. And if anybody ever finds out, it's going to ruin you. Well, lo and behold, it hasn't. I'm out to my friends, my family, my coworkers that I'm closest to. I have a decent social media presence. It, it doesn't take long to connect the dots if you're really paying attention to me in guy mode. Um, so I guess what I would want people to know about me and take away from it is it's okay. It, if you feel that there's something about you that is socially unacceptable, it's weird, it's shameful, it's whatever, it may not be. <laughs> like it's just, it might just be a thing that is you and you may not realize how many other people are like you because you're really not looking into it. You're more focused on how to hide and how to suppress it rather than just accept it and saying, all right, I'm going to work with what I got here. Um, as I keep on coming back to, I, I'm, I was, and kind of still am on track to have a career as a pastor someday. And I have to square that with this expression as Sammy, knowing that a lot of the Christian community is not going to love it, but my goal in all of that is number one, to live as authentically as I can. Number two, to preach kind of the gray areas of life and to say that not everything is going to be black and white, um, but also be Christ-like in a means to say, hey, come as you are. It's okay. You got weirdness. I got weirdness too. Look, I'm, I, I look like a girl right now. I know I'm not. It's fine. Hey, let's, let's come have a conversation. Um, and to know that I'm a safe person and I'm going to do my best to not pass judgment. I'm going to do my best to accept everybody as they am and to love them unconditionally. How important is representation to you in mainstream media? Does that mean something? Do you feel like it's important to you? Do you feel like you want more straight men dressed like women in the public eyes so that it feels less taboo for you? Is that something you think about? Is that something you hope for? It's obviously something I've never thought about, but as I'm kind of processing through that sitting here, I guess it would be nice to have representation of people like me in mainstream media, not as kind of the butt of the joke, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like we said, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Mrs. Doubtfire, Bugs Bunny, any, any example you can think of in media where there are male cross-dressers, it's usually some kind of joke. Mm -hmm. um, and while that's okay, like I can laugh at myself and I can see myself in those kind of situations too. It'd be nice to just see somebody who's, you know, hanging out on a couch and just having a drink with their friends. And that's that. Uh, it's not terribly important to me. I'm not going to you know, go on a crusade to fight for it, but it'd be cool to see. Fair. Yeah. Well, Sammy, I won't take up any more of your time, but I just want to say thank you so much for this chat. It was really interesting to me. I, I definitely feel like I learned a lot. I've never spoken to a straight man who likes to dress as a woman uh, about being a straight man who likes to dress as a woman. <laughs> so I really appreciate your honesty and vulnerability and enjoy your Sunday. I will talk to you soon, hopefully. All right. Thank you so much. This was fun. Yeah. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye.